in beautiful North Florida celebrating two years of color commentary, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Uh, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And I was in, I was in South England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, said, you know, what, why, how, how long you back? That was Joe Biden in Las Vegas last week before the Nevada primary uh, that took place yesterday. And I, if I hadn't heard what I just played for you, oh my gosh, folks, if this doesn't I, I mean, I almost want to feel so badly for Joe Biden, but I can't. I, I just can't. I mean, sure, the obvious is, number one, Francois Mitterrand was the president of France, not Germany. But the part that just is really depressing is the fact that President Mitterrand passed away in 1996, long before Joe Biden even became vice president, let alone president. So, I don't know. I just do not know what to tell you, folks. This is just sad to watch. But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary on a Wednesday hump day and getting over some humps is really been tricky for some folks and well I'll explain uh, as we go along in today's adventure in podcasting now before getting into things always you can send us email with questions comments shout outs or you know hate mail whatever to in black and right at gmail.com or check out our website inblackandright.net and of course as always we encourage folks to subscribe follow and click on the little bell to get notified when new episodes of the podcast are available so my friends (laughs) this is pretty you want to talk about humps okay let's talk about getting over some humps now Nikki Haley, Neocon Nikki, apparently had a little bit of a problem uh, yesterday in the Nevada primary. Now, the Nevada quote-unquote primary, I mean, I lived in Nevada for three years before I brought the show to Florida. It was weird because the quote-unquote primary which doesn't mean a thing to Republicans because that's not where the delegates are going to be awarded. It's not by the primary. It's going to be tomorrow in Nevada with the Nevada GOP caucuses all over the state. And I love what happened. (laughs) It was kind of funny. 
when I got up this morning, I fire up my computer and I'm looking at my normal news sites doing show prep and I look at the Gateway Pundit and I just busted a gut laughing. <laughs> and, and every time I think about it, I, I get a little giddy because <laughs> last night in the Nevada primary, at least for the Republicans anyway, I mean, Joe Biden, you know, no big deal. Sure, okay, he wins the, for the Democrats. But for the Republicans, now, there were only four candidates on the Republican ballot. Now, there were a lot of mail-in ballots that took place, and this was supposed to be in the mind of neocon Nikki and the mainstream media. This was supposed to be her sort of coming out party that she was going to have a win and she was going to have all kinds of momentum going into her home state of South Carolina on February 24th. Everything was supposed to be awesome. Well, no, it was, <laughs> it was a disaster because even though Nikki Haley uh, did get 31.9% of the votes, so essentially 32%, and between Mike Pence and Tim Scott, who were uh, also on the ballot, and but they, you know, their campaigns have long since been uh, suspended. I mean, they got 5.5% between the two of them. But on these ballots for the Republican primary, they also had none of these candidates on there. And <laughs> through the efforts of people like Cash Patel, uh, I believe he lives in Las Vegas, and uh, The War Room, and, and Steve Bannon, and Jack Posobiec, and others who pretty much were encouraged, you know, the Republican primary voters, to just mark none of these candidates, well, it was not only a smashing success, but it was a landslide, <laughs> major landslide, because none of these candidates received 61.6% of the vote. <laughs> Nikki Haley got busted by 30 points. She came in second to none of the above. <laughs> I thought... I just absolutely just lost it. It was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. And of course, President Trump, gotta love this, on his Truth Social post, he said simply, a bad night for Nikki Haley, losing by almost 30 points in Nevada to none of these candidates. Watch, she'll soon claim victory, end quote. Oh, man. Oh, oh my gosh. It's just a, it's a crack up to me. I mean, this did not bode well for the Haley camp, uh, the mainstream media, especially Fox. And sh this is not the only time uh, she kind of, well, 
stuck her foot in her mouth because before the Senate came out with their severely Fifty Shades of Foobar messed up border invasion bill, she was all she was all in. It's like we need to have a uh, a border bill. It's like, uh, dear, it not when when the text of it came out. Even the Republicans in the Senate, a lot of them, and especially the more establishment types, even they were disgusted because you, America, you, the hardworking people, MAGA, America First, Trump supporters, uh, patriots, you got on the case of a lot of these ding-dongs, Republicans in the Senate, and said, no, this bill is dead on arrival. It is, and breaking news, <laughs> before we came on the air, uh, the Senate, that Senate bill, $118 billion of it, with all the money for Ukraine, money for Israel, and a little, little pittance for uh, border security, which it really isn't going to stop a thing, uh, Pretty much, yeah, it died. Even Mitch McConnell had to admit this thing was dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh my, 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 my. Oh, help me somebody. <laughs> but it really cracks me up. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's a total crack up. I mean, Trump is on a roll. And since Nikki Haley is not on the caucus ballot tomorrow for the Republicans, all of Nevada's delegates are going to go to Trump by default because anybody else on the ballot has stopped their campaigns. They've, they are, they've withdrawn. So Trump is going to be 3-0 and and the third one by default which means even more momentum getting ready for the South Carolina Republican primary. And Nikki's got nothing. There's no, and I do mean no momentum. Absolutely not. This is crazy. This is absolutely full-on crazy. But she has already said she's even though she's going to her home state and the most recent polling has President Trump ahead of Nick, uh, out of Neocon Nikki by anywhere from 25 to 30 points, depending upon which poll you want to follow. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so she's, she got him seriously embarrassed last night in the primary. There's nothing that the mainstream media can take away from this except the fact that uh, no, there's no, there's not a whole lot of love for Nikki. And tomorrow night, Trump, I mean, actually even before tomorrow night uh, with the GOP caucuses, Trump has already won. He's already won. And... <laughs> And he gets all the delegates from Nevada. He's awarded them in a fair caucus. So it, 
and I, I don't know what it is with with Haley um, and this apparent uh, delusion that she's under that she's going to be ready to take over when Trump gets uh, convicted. The annoying part of all of that is that the four big cases that are pending against Trump, they're not exactly in the best position right now, especially the Georgia Rico uh, racketeering case, because you now have all this evidence and big time evidence. So anybody who wants to talk about, oh, that's a conspiracy theory, it's like, mm-mm. Even Fannie Willis herself, big old Fannie, just admitted to the relationship with Nathan Wade as her lover, but trying to say that, oh, no, 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 this happened later on. I said, mm-mm. There are people who will testify uh, and under oath to boot that the relationship with Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade uh, happened before the whole let's get Trump business and try to uh, have a RICO case, a racketeering case, and with a, a special prosecutor who has very little to no experience uh, prosecuting major cases. And it it's just not looking good for Fannie. I believe it's on February the 15th, the judge in the RICO case is going to be hearing about uh, Fannie and her lover and all the money that he spent on her for lavish trips and all sorts of uh, luxury vacations and, and various and sundry other things, uh, misusing possibly federal funds. Because Jim Jordan, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, is subpoena, uh, subpoenaing Fannie Willis to explain what the deal is with all of these uh, misuse of federal grant money. That's public money. And yes, the, and the Congress does have oversight because it was federal money. So the whole mess with uh, the Georgia case is still continuing, plus you throw in the investigation by the Georgia State Senate, so on and so on. So that case has got all kinds of problems. Now, also, you go to D.C., the, uh, <clears throat> the January 6th case, apparently uh, Obama judge uh, Tanya Shudkin took it off of the March court docket because there's the Supreme Court is still waiting to hear uh, in fact tomorrow starts the oral arguments for the Colorado case uh, plus you also have uh, the January 6th election interference case uh, which is not exactly uh, going along at warp speed because again the Supreme Court in spite of the D.C. Appellate Court's three-judge panel saying that President Trump does not have presidential immunity, which is absolutely 
stupid. It's a double standard because if no president ever had immunity for a, they cannot be sued either in criminal court or civil court while they're in office. And this whole thing with January 6th, I don't know how these wackadoodle judges, I mean, a couple of them were Biden appointees, which, you know, Trump's never going to get a fair trial in D.C., never has and never will. And the same in New York. But still, my friends, we've got essentially a federal court going against established legal precedent because everybody else gets, every other president gets immunity, but not Trump. How does that work? Because Joe Biden on January 6th was not sworn in as president. That was Donald Trump, who was still president for two more weeks. And then, poof, he's gone. So this was an official act under, while Trump was still president, even though he was on his way out, and these idiots, judges, spawns of Satan, I pretty much call them, or at least his useful idiots, are trying to say he has no immunity? I mean, it's still a continuation of the Democrat delusion that Trump's an insurrectionist, even though there's plenty of evidence to say that he's not. And it's to the point now where people like Elise Stefanik uh, in Congress, uh, Matt Gates, and several others are trying to say, hey, a congressional resolution to say Trump is not an insurrectionist. Now, of course, no Democrat will ever vote for it, but I'm not worried about them. It's the other dipsticks uh, in Congress right now who are the never-Trump types, and they showed their true colors just last night when they, invoted, when they voted no, uh, and these... It's going to be like Ken Buck and Tom of Colorado, Tom McClintock, uh, Gallagher of Wisconsin, Mike Gallagher, and one Republican from Utah all voted no to impeach Mayorkas when there was plenty of evidence that Mayorkas didn't do and has not been doing his dang job. He's violated his oath. And the, and the Senate bill, which, praise God, thank you, died today. It's not, going, it's not getting out of the Senate. It's not going to the House. This, and this really lame attempt to do standalone bills uh, for Ukraine funding and Israeli funding. I mean, hello, where's the border in all this? We've got... Everybody with half a brain knows the southern border is a full-grown, white-hot mess. They know it. Black folks know it. Hispanics know it. Democrats know it, but they're still in some serious denial. So, yeah, I'm not exactly thrilled about a lot of this. So, the GOP, in the last, what, 72 hours 
have had a really rotten week. These Republicans that with this border bill, James Lankford of Oklahoma, dude, you got some splaining to do. Because the Oklahoma GOP is ready to censure your sorry carcass over support of this deal. I mean, when did you basically take orders from Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell? I mean, that's a serious question because that bill is a train wreck and thank God it died. And now, of course, they're going to try to come back with a diluted version, you know, where they just have, oh, the spending bill and uh, for Ukraine and this and that as standalones. Uh, no, that's not going to work either because it's going to die in the house. But frankly, Speaker Johnson, dude, you have got problems. You're a nice guy. You know, you've often told us about how pious you are, your Christian and biblical worldview. Dude, have a get a brain. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, wisdom, I'm going, hey, uh, did you forget the scripture that says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God? Because frankly, I don't think you're asking him for wisdom. You lost the vote on Mayorkas impeachment because of four dingbat Republicans. You also lost the funding of the standalone bill to fund Israel. The Senate Republicans and their idiotic bill pretty much died too. So, uh, yeah, hello, the GOP is a mess. Any, I mean, seriously, anybody? Can we figure this out? Ugh, well, anyway, at least there might be some good news because just yesterday, I believe, Rana, Rom, Rana McRomney has essentially stepped, is that she's stepping down from her role as RNC chair after the South Carolina primary on the 24th. Now, if this actually happens, and I really hope it does because she screwed the she screwed this pooch so bad and screwed the party so bad that there's no money. I mean, you if a political party has to go and get a credit line, you know you've got a problem. Seriously, you had a serious problem here. So now, if that actually happens, there are folks who are looking to replace Ronna McDaniel. And there are some interesting names on there. As I'm reading uh, this article from uh, the National Pulse, let's see, there are people who are some of the names, some of the names that have been sort of floating, floating around and all that. Uh, <laughs> even <laughs> what really blew my mind was Congressman Matt Gates of here in Florida actually suggested uh, Kevin McCarthy 
and I'm thinking to myself, uh, please tell me you're kidding, uh, Congressman Gates. Please tell me, because there's no way that this man should not be the head of the party. But anyway, you've got some of the names that have been uh, bandied about. Uh, you've got uh, Michael Watley. Uh, I do believe he is the uh, state chairman of the North Carolina GOP. Uh, let's see, you've got former congressman from New York, Lee Zeldin, and a gubernatorial candidate in New York, but apparently his name has been considered. Uh, Casey Crosby, who is not familiar to me, uh, as far as um, she's from Kentucky, but apparently she's not a big fan of Mitch McConnell. Uh, you have another uh, Julianne Murray, uh, the Republican chairman of Delaware. Uh, so that's someone who would be okay, at least with some of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with some of the MAGA crowd. And of course, Harmeet Dillon, the National Committee woman from California who challenged uh, Ronna McRomney uh, last year at their annual meeting out in California. And sadly, uh, you know, she didn't, uh, she didn't win, but it's interesting. But there are other names that are more familiar um, that are just really interesting as possible names. I don't know how valid it is, but you've got names like Scott Pressler, who has done amazing work as a grassroots activist with uh, voter registration and other things. Uh, Charlie Kirk has been mentioned, uh, but he's got a lot going on with Turning Point. Uh, Johnny McEntee, uh, used to serve with uh, in uh, President Trump's White House. Uh, you've got uh, a guy named Paul Dans, and he's run a young person who, well, I don't know how young he is, but I have seen him before. Um, Caroline Wren is a name that's been mentioned. Uh, she's a senior advisor to Carrie Lake. Uh, Laura Trump, the president's daughter-in-law. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, who just uh, recently uh, withdrew from the race. But that it would be interesting to have him in the sense that uh, with a younger guy who's a businessman and has a whole new generation of ideas, and of course, uh, Mike Lindell, Mr. M the CEO of My Pillow, and who's just laser focused on the whole election integrity business. So there, I mean, there's that. But first of all, let's see if uh, Rana Megrani actually keeps her word and and steps down after uh, South Carolina. But this is going to be interesting to see because 
whoever is taking over for uh, Rana is going to have to hit the ground running. I mean, seriously. you ha They have to hit the ground running. Because with the RNC seriously behind in fundraising, many big and small donors aren't giving to the party. They're giving to either their state party, their county party, directly to candidates, but they don't trust the RNC. So there's going to have to be some serious shakeups uh, in the leadership of the RNC, whoever takes over uh, Ronna McRomney's place. And they're going to have to move quick between get out the vote efforts, voter registration, election integrity and security. They have got a whole lot of work to do. They do. And I, and whoever is the pick, because I have a feeling Trump has his own pick in mind uh, to take care of this. But who knows? It's going to be interesting. So there's a lot there's a lot going on. I mean, a lot uh, going on with the GOP. And I'll tell you, it's going to be interesting if the, if the Senate Republicans and the House Republicans can't get it together, and especially in the Senate, because any kind of deal, any kind of a vote to give Ukraine more money when right now Ukraine is again another global white hot mess it is so it's really interesting to see what's going to happen because if and I mean big if if there's any kind of vote to give money to the Ukraine in some other form or it's tied to some other piece of legislation <laughs> Dear Republicans, go ahead and slit your own throats because that's a career ender, baby. And you're going to get turfed out. And frankly, you deserve to be because the American people are a whole lot smarter than you think, especially MAGA and America First. There's, we're ascendant. And that is what makes you crazy because without all the pressure from MAGA uh, America First Patriots and all of that this bill could have gone forward but instead it died a very necessary death yay happy gotta love that <laughs> I do indeed oh so my friends I love y'all dearly, but whew, I'm a little wiped out, and I've been, <laughs> I, I kind of went a little faster than I thought, so if I seemed a little amped, uh, probably was, <laughs> but it's okay, because I, there's going to be more coming down the pipe this week, tomorrow again in Nevada is the, is the Republican caucus for Nevada, where Trump will get the win and all of the delegates, which I believe is 26 delegates. And, well, 
And that's just going to set up for a beauty of a fight in South Carolina. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, about a couple of weeks after that. So, <laughs> my friends, I'm going to get uh, out of here for the day. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all. Uh, again, please tell your friends, tell family, send them the link to our website or encourage them to subscribe to our podcast. We are still growing. We are still growing, but more internationally than domestically, which is so odd. But I'm grateful. We're up to 17 countries, uh, including Pakistan, Ireland, Japan, Singapore, and others that I never thought would ever, you know, download a podcast from the United States. But God bless them, each and every one. So take care for now, my friends. I'm out of here till tomorrow. And as always, just remember, patriots come in all colors.